So good afternoon, everybody. So Tamadipa and myself, we're going to give uh, both a reflection on Buddhanusati this afternoon. And, uh, you know, as uh, Ayananda Bodhi mentioned earlier today, this kind of a practice and a reflection on the meaning of the, the qualities of the Buddha is kind of rather unusual for doing it in the West and a country where we haven't grown up as cultural Buddhists and it's maybe a little bit difficult to relate to, but because it's one of the four protective meditations, we will speak about it anyway. And uh, I've lived for a few years in Asia and I, you know, vividly remember the the devotion there can be like really immense, and uh, you know, in the more kind of in the smaller villages and and uh, on the countryside, the monastery is a really a very central place, and people go there, you know, regularly or some every day, you know, to help out and bring food or in the morning put food in the bowls of the monks. And uh, if there's anything important happening in the family, you know, a child being born or graduating or buy a car or what, all kinds of things, and it always is connected with going to the monastery and getting a blessing. You know, for example, go bring your car to the monastery and then having the monks <laughs> making a blessing so you won't have an accident and... <laughs> Or you can see in India, you can see the, the truck drivers, you know, lighting incense before they leave with the truck and putting it on the truck and having all kinds of uh, symbols painted on it. And it's just so much part of life. And it's not necessarily, you know, very mature in some ways, you know, because it's about pleading for some boons, you know, and uh it's not necessarily what the Buddha taught, but there's a natural uh, trust and faith there, which, um, you know, is quite beautiful, but also it can become, you know, if it's completely uh, without any um, understanding behind it, it can be quite uh, dangerous, really, because people can be easily led into all kinds of things. But then on the other hand, uh, I remember, you know, uh, people saying in Asia, you know, if you give uh, some very simple uh, person from the countryside meditation instruction, they have very good samadhi. They just stick with it. They have such strong uh, faith. So, so it has its its benefits and its detriments, like everything else, you know, in life. And uh, just to understand that it is a power which we can uh, harness, you know, if we know how to do it. And Buddha Nusatu is such a, you know, a meditation geared towards waking that up, which we all have, you know, in the heart. But as Westerners, we are not very agile around that. But we can learn, you know, to um, work with it. And, uh, you know, what Buddha Nusatu can do for us, it can remove the ignorance or remove the doubts we have about our own potential to awaken and uh, to really, you know, recognize the, uh, the Buddha within 
that this is actually the very Buddha in whom we are taking refuge. It's not an external person because the you know Godama Buddha from the Sakya clan has already passed away. So we can't really take refuge in him because he is gone. But we are taking refuge in that very same capacity which we also have. And you know, using Buddhanusati and remembering him and maybe visualizing the form of him in some way, you know, can help us to uh, you know to reflect back our own capacity like you know like a mother looking at the baby and the baby looking at the mother like that and through that looking you know there is something is um, activated something is reflected back and I also remember you know my first teacher how important that was you know to to just be in his presence and Somehow, I don't know what happened, but something happened which uh, gave me confidence, you know, that I can do this too. Or, you know, in the Hindu tradition, one speaks about darshan. It's that recognition, you know, or namaste, you know, I greet the divine in you, which means, you know, I recognize that in you, which you might sometimes not be able to recognize in yourself. And Buddhanusati is that mirror, you know, which reflects it back to us. If we, you know, if we are not too skeptical about it or embarrassed, you know, or kind of a bit shy, you know, to really um, activate that. Because, you know, we have been told that this is all kind of humbug. So it uplifts the mind and the heart and uh, generates faith, and devotion and joy because of that. Joy, you know, being one of the seven factors of awakening and being the one in the middle, you know, which is uh, when there is a subtle or uh, even a bigger amount of joy in the heart, the heart starts to calm down and then uh, to settle and then samadhi comes through, the mind becomes stable. So it's a very important um attribute for the meditation to really uh, come together you know feeling enriched because of that joy and then this enrichment enables us to let go and then mind comes down so it's not kind of difficult to understand how that actually truly has you know like some natural uh, sequence and, uh, you know, and to reflect on the fact that the Buddha was a human being just like you and me and, and not a divinity or something like that. So it's not something far away from us which we can't realize. He was just a human being. And then at the same time also not minimizing his accomplishment, you know, that here he realized the absolute, he realized the highest liberation you know from all bondage in terms of the uh, emotional and cognitive uh, distortions of the mind so he was one of us but at the same time he has really um, realized the maximum a human being can realize and uh, you know in postmodern west coast culture 
we are not very good at that, you know, at this, uh, we are very good at deconstructing everything. And then there's nothing left, you know, somehow. And, you know, and it's like, it's not that emptiness, which uh, the Buddha speaks about, you know, because it's not an emptiness lacking, but it's a, a fullness, a full emptiness. And you know, if if the practice becomes too dry, we are really losing something. You know, this uplift of the heart, which is needed to pull through really difficult time in the practice. There's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of suffering, all of that. You know, to have that uplift, to have that confidence that there is a path and somebody has brought it to absolute uh, completion can be so helpful. And uh, so, you know, we have to be creative and see what works for us and, uh, you know, to inspire a sense of awe and joy and wonder about the Dhamma, you know, about the, the truth of the way things are and that it has its own intelligence, this path. If you really, you know, live it and really walk it and put you know ourselves really on the line to to do it fully it carries us you know to the to the end of it and uh, you know also the influence which the buddha had for the good on on this planet you know since over 2500 years is actually inconceivable how many millions of people you know have been uh, brought up in that tradition and and how many thousands of people you know have real have realized um, the goal of this practice and that there's a whole you know chain of beings going back 2650 years ago an unbroken chain of practitioners and we are at the moment you know on the receiving end of this chain and uh, we are also passing it on this is a wonderful um, truth, you know, we can take heart from and uh, feel, you know, feel um, happy about that we have that great good fortune, you know, to receive this teaching. And... Uh, You know, traditionally, the Bhutanusati is practiced uh, as, you know, remembering those nine qualities of the Buddha. We have been doing the chanting earlier in the morning, the Itipiso chant. And I want to go through those nine qualities. And, you know, they are seen like as a, as a springboard for the heart and for the mind towards, you know, opening up because of that sense of devotion and awe which can come by reflecting on those qualities. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, we can use a Buddha image as a board for, you know, projecting the qualities on, on a material form, or we can just visualize, you know, in our mental um, eye of the mind, uh, a face of a Buddha, which inspires us. And, uh, and then just go through the qualities 
and uh, I'm just gonna speak you through the qualities and then we can just try a little bit ourselves. So the Buddhanusati is uh, a practice, you know, which we can find in the Vishuddhimaga, that's a commentary, it, uh, which came, uh, which is written by someone called Buddha Gosa in Sri Lanka. And it's, it's in the chapter seven of the Vishuddhimaga. And this is nine qualities. The first five are inter internal qualities of the Buddha, you know, which identify him as a reliable teacher. We can trust and we can follow. And then the four other qualities are qualities how the Buddha interacts with others. So five internal and four external qualities. And so the first one, first internal one is Arahang, which means simply fully purified, liberated from the samsara of, you know, becoming. And it's, you know, someone who has completely eliminated all greed, ill will and delusion from the mind, never to arise again. So that's the first one, Arahang. The second one is Sama Sambuto, which means perfectly enlightened or fully awakened, fully understanding the Dhamma and able to teach it. That stands for wisdom. And the next one is Vicha Charana Sampano, which means perfect knowledge and conduct or perfect understanding and perfect virtue, and also mastery of meditation. So this was number three. Then number four is Sukato, which means well gone, fully gone along the Noble Eightfold Path and reached its goal, Nibbana. The fifth one is Loka Vidu, which means knower of the world. You know, has fully understood all of the worlds, all realms externally, but also has fully understood his internal world as well, the five aggregates, the six sense spaces, how the mind works, how the body works, how the heart works, everything fully understood. So this was the five internal qualities. And then the four external qualities, how the Buddha was interacting with others, how he was teaching them and guiding them. So this is number, uh, number six, Anuttaro Purisadhamma Sarati, which means unsurpassed teacher and trainer of people to be trained. So the Buddha you know, understood the capacity, disposition, attitude, of a particular person like Ayana Labodi was speaking about that Viva this morning, you know, who was hungry because he had been chasing his cow and then he came and first he needed to kind of rest a little and have something to eat and then he was ready. So the Buddha knew exactly how to guide people. Some needed a very, very simple teaching and some needed a lot of a more complex um guidance. He knew exactly who needs what.
And the next quality, Satta Deva Manusanang, means being a teacher of beings in the heavenly realms, the Devas, and the humans. So he was able to teach in all realms. Then number eight is Bhutto, which means awakened one or enlightened one. But it also means awakener of beings. So he was himself awakened and he could awaken beings with his great skill because he knew exactly what people needed. And there are some amazing stories, you know, that uh, there was one woman, she was, she had become crazy because she had lost, you know, so many people of her family and children and everything. And then she was running, uh, you know, on the street with no clothes and completely um, besides herself. And, and then the Buddha saw her and he said, you know, regain your mindfulness. And she snapped out of it. And then she became a bhikkhuni. So because of his power, you know, he, he just got her at the right moment and snip. She was, she, she snapped out of it. So that's amazing. I think, you know, to, at times when you feel a bit crazy or I feel a little bit crazy, you know, I like to remember this. And then the last one is Bhagawa, which means blessed one or exalted one. And this is the, you know, word which is mostly used for the Buddha in the suttas, Bhagawa, much more than the word Buddha, actually. And it's still used today in India for uh, the holy ones, you know, that is called uh, Sri Ramana Mahashi, who was called Bhagawa, for example. And it actually means, you know, the blessed one or the lucky one. Because he fulfilled all other qualities we have been speaking about earlier. He fulfilled them based on his great compassion for beings. You know, he felt, he felt, um, he, he gave all of himself in order to realize those eight qualities. And that made him a Bhagawa, a blessed one. Because he has, you know, over countless lifetimes developed all of the, the parameters. And, you know, for the practice, for the meditation practice, the Buddhanusati, we just use three of those nine qualities, you know, for, the, for simplicity's sake. And then one would just, you know, you, at the beginning of the meditation, go through those three qualities, like a cycle again and again and again. And then, you know, maybe after five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever long, drop it and then go to your meditation object, whatever the body breathing or whatever, you know, is, is the object of your choice. So just use it at the beginning to kind of uplift the mind and energize the mind to get it ready. Or we can also use it as a main, you know, meditation object. So in the three qualities, you know, which are most um, compelling of those nine would be the first one is Arahang, which stands for complete purity. And the second one, Sama Sambuto, which stands for complete wisdom, complete knowledge and understanding of the Dhamma. And the third one, Bhagawa, complete compassion because he has developed all of those qualities 
based on this great compassion for beings. So I think my time is over, isn't it, sister? No, you have a bit more time if you want yeah. to. I so just if you're to, done. Uh -huh. Maybe just let us try that for a few minutes and then uh, I hand over to Ayatama Deepa, Yeah. So just find a posture. Take a deep breath. And then just, you know, visualizing the face of the Buddha or looking at a Buddha statue if you have one and just bringing up the word Arahang, fully purified. Fully purified. No more greed, hatred or delusion. You know, with the knowledge that our mind can also be fully purified. And then the next quality is Sama Sambuto, perfectly enlightened, complete wisdom. Then I'm looking in the eyes of that Buddha and see his confidence. He knows what he knows. And then the last quality, Bhagawa. You see that Buddha smile, the complete compassion, the motivation for all of this work he did over so many lifetimes which we can also do. And then again, Arahang, fully purified. Sama Samputo, complete wisdom. And seeing the confidence in his eyes. Bhagawa, complete compassion seeing the smile and then again Arahang complete purity Sama Samputo complete wisdom Bhagawa complete compassion You know, and as you are visualizing in that way or reflecting in that way, you can maybe, you know, over time, if we do that for a few rounds, we can feel the heart resonating. It's like, uh, you know, when we did the um, Brahma Vihara meditation, when the heart just starts to respond, starts to open. It's a different quality. It's, it's not meta, you know, which resonates, but there is a certain confidence in the path and in the teaching can come through this Buddhanusati. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.